Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Jordan, Yay! you are wearing green, unlike me. <laughs> I tried to a little bit. I would. The old, this is like all I had other than Eagles stuff, and the Eagles conversation is a little uh, sensitive for me right now, so I couldn't do that to myself. So this is what we've got. This is what we're working with today. Understandable, understandable. <laughs> I honestly don't own anything green. I don't know if it's my skin tone is just not really my color. Like I like an army green or some sort of dark green, but there's That's just something fair. about really green. It's just not for me. I don't. Think. I think the blue eyes, I feel like that might be it. I have yeah. like very like olive skin tone. I love everything yes. green. My sister, oh my God, she's got the red hair. Like mm -hmm. hers. Like she looks Irish, like straight out of <laughs> Ireland. I love that for her. I love that journey. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm jealous. <laughs> I, I you rarely leave my house because obviously I work from home and it gets kind of stir crazy. But I go to the gym and when I went to the gym, I walked in and realized I was wearing nothing green. And I was like, do we still do this as adults? Do we still call each other out for this? I don't know what the protocol is. I remember in school it was like a big thing. You had to. You had to. Man, and now I'm like, funny. now I'm 26. Do I, is this something we're doing? And I kind of panicked because I have this just unnecessary anxiety about things that don't matter at all. And so I walked into the gym and I was like, I'm panicking. I'm not wearing green. And then I was like, no one cares. No, one's no I do. I literally, every time there's like a holiday, even like New Year's Eve, I was working and I was working in a bar. We have to wear like, or yeah. and I, was like, I need to wear a gold sparkly scrunchie just because like, I get this mm -hmm. like need to like fulfill the holiday even though it nobody my sister didn't even know it was saint patrick's day until five o'clock and we were driving over to my dad's and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> it is um yeah it's a it's one of those weird holidays my roommate made her dog so her, she has two rescue dogs and so one of their one of them she made her birthday saint patrick's day and i was like that's super cute the other what one is, is christmas um my dog's you know, birthday is actually Christmas Eve. Oh, that's I cute. I know my dog's is like February. It just passed. So nothing special. But but you want to jump in. Let's start with obviously the biggest headline. We were kind of talking how this free agency is going insane. So it feels yes. like all of these things happened weeks ago, even though they just have happened within the last week. So when we talk about this, it kind of feels like we're going back super far. But it, this all happened within the last six days. Drew Brees has yeah. retired from the NFL. Um, a sad day. A sad it day. is. I said, I was like, this is like, because I, I turned 23 in two weeks. Drew Brees has been in the league for 20 years. So it's literally like my entire coherent existence. Like from the time I could think and understand the world, Drew Brees has been playing football. So this is, he's a legend. He has a one-way ticket to Canton, Ohio, without question. So for me, this is the first real like passing of the torch that I'm really experiencing. Like I makes me feel old and I'm not even old. So yeah. it was very sad, but I think we all kind of knew it was coming. There was even a lot of talks of it at the end of last season. And last season I like wasn't really feeling it. And when he came back, I was like, yep, this makes sense. But after that, his last game against the Bucks, it was like everyone just knew. So when the news finally came out and the sentiment behind the date, he made oh, the no. announcement 15 years to the date that he first signed with the Saints. Like everything about it was just perfect. Yeah, it's really it's touching because I think when you when you look at what impact he had on the city, not even just the team, the franchise, a Super Bowl, things like that. Um, 
the impact on the city, like being out in the community, it's something yeah. that he's kind of brought up since he retired. He's not planning to separate from New Orleans. Like he's still going to be running community and philanthropic events in New Orleans. He's going to probably run some of his businesses out of there. I know he's got like franchises and restaurants, so like Jimmy John's, Dunkin'. So he'll probably still try to populate those in that area. But it's interesting. I, I do plan to see him on the sidelines uh, a ton just based uh, yeah. on... I even I don't know and we'll talk about this we'll dive into this who is going to be the Saints quarterback but I think whatever the option is if they go with the two guys that are in the building I mean he's got great relationships with them I mean even one year with Jameis Winston like it's clear that he's got something with him right so he's going to be there you know I think with the way everything's shaping up and like you said he pretty much like turned the entire franchise around like he made uh, the Saints kind of what they are now and now for him to be there and kind of help whatever the competition whoever wins the competition between Winston or Hill he's definitely going to be there to help guide them so what are your thoughts who do you think is gonna get we just saw Winston just sure. resigned for a one-year deal Taysom Hill just got a huge con- contract restructure so what are your thoughts on everything right now yeah, the Saints are in a really tough spot. Um, I know that they were kind of top of the list for Russell Wilson, but regardless if he leaves or not, they just can't afford him. I mean, yeah. they they are in cap space hell. Um, they did clear they cleared a hundred million. They cleared a ton. Amazing. They literally yeah. went down. They were like, we are going to keep only who we absolutely have to keep, which is like yeah. what they had to do. Yeah, they had no choice. Um, and I think so. Sean Payton said yesterday. He expects this to be a competition between quarterbacks. It's it's Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill. Kind of funny. You can't get two more opposite quarterbacks in the right. NFL. Um, but it should be fun, right? I think so. Jameis Winston signed one year. It's it's a five point five million dollar you know cap hit with the incentives up to twelve million. Yep. Taysom Hill pretty much has, has an entirely voidable contract. So his contract is like non-existent. It's yeah, imaginary. It's up to $140 million, yeah. but they can literally void it whenever they want. But it also works out for, say he is, they decide he is their guy. Then they can yeah. restructure something permanent, long-term that can't just disappear with like the snap of a finger, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, teams go through this cycle, right? Like the Saints are at the end of this cycle where they've signed all these people, they have all of these restructures and they have all of these cap hits coming in one year. And that one year happens to be 2021 when the cap limit just went down because 2020 yeah. was such a disaster. So I, I you're just seeing them in, in the wrong place of the cycle at the wrong time. So this is pretty interesting, but I don't think that they're handling anything poorly. I think the people they let go make sense. Yeah. I think what they're doing at quarterback makes sense. They obviously like Jameis Winston in this building. You know, we saw, you know, his connection with Drew Brees, his connection with Sean Payton on the sidelines. I just think, you know, they have respect for him. That's why they let him come in and run this trick play in the super or in a in the playoff game against the Bucks, and really kind of let him. Which was insane. Insane. I mean, here's <laughs> the thing is like, he didn't win. They didn't win, but he won against he the won. Buccaneers. And, and I love that for him. And I yeah. want to see him. They like him there. I think if he has the right system, the right people to guide him, develop him, he can be great. Now, I don't think Taysom Hill is a guy who is going to come in and beat him out for a straight quarterback position. But as we know, we're going to see him a lot regardless. Um but they can also look at options in the draft. They can also look at other free agency options. I just think I'm a little worried um, for them in the sense that 
I can't remember the last time that a quarterback competition and this much uncertainty has really worked out for a team. I know a lot of teams have gone into training camp and said like, oh, these two, these two guys are going to battle it out or these three guys are going to battle, battle it out. And it never seems to work. Um, I think that uncertainty kind of transi- transitions over to the season, right? That's kind of when you see people being pulled, benched, and like it just creates this weird thing where, you know, it kind of creates the the Chicago Bears effect where yes. you just don't have the answer, right? You have and you have two answers, but they're not answers. So I, I don't know. What do you think? Who's going to get the job? I, is this quarterback competition going to work? I honestly, so I feel like you said, there's definitely uncertainties about it, but I think the one thing that the Saints have that not a lot of organizations have when they go into this kind of situation, they have Sean Payton, who is mature, respectful. Like, I don't think he would backdoor, backstab anybody. I think he would be very upfront. And I don't think this would be the kind of thing where he would like talk to one and then talk to the other. I have a feeling he sits down with both of them and is like, this is what we're going to do. This is what I want to see. And I'm going to pick who I feel like is best to fill this hole, a hole that they haven't had to fill for more than a decade and a half. Like, so this is definitely a big deal. It's a big decision. Personally, I can see Jameis Winston getting it permanently over, not even permanently, but at least more for the season over Hill. Hill just seems, he seems like he's good when he needs to be. It doesn't seem like, I know he wants to be a quarterback. He said it last season. He almost left. He threatened to leave um, because he wanted to be a starting quarterback. I just can't see him um, holding a team. I can't see a team rallying behind him. He's very talented in everything that he does, but I think that's what makes him who he is. He's talented in every position. He's unpredictable. They can use him whenever they need him. And I think that's why they pay him as much as they do, because you can sit here and be like, why is a backup quarterback on a four year, $140 million contract? It's voidable, whatever, but still, big money. So I can see Jameis Winston getting it over him for that reason, but there are still a lot of concerns and red flags surrounding Jameis Winston. Like what we talked about, I'm hoping that with Sean Payton and hopefully Drew Brees can come in and even if he's not there, but he can still talk to him and coach him. And I'm sure he would. I'm sure he's going to sit there and be the Saints number one fan for the rest of his life. So that's what I can see playing out the most. I'm just hoping that it doesn't get to the point where there's any drama or confusion because that's when things can get super shaky. Yeah, I agree. I And I think Sean Payton is just in the, he's in a weird stage because he's near the end of his career. I just mm-hmm. don't see him wanting to break everything down and build it back up in a traditional way. I just don't think they have time for that. Yeah. So I think that he is trying to find makeshift solutions to all of their problems, which is a really tough spot to be in. And I don't think it speaks negatively, you know, about Sean Payton or the organization. It's just, it, it it's how the it's how it rolls sometimes, yeah. especially when you've kind of been one of the better teams. No, it's, it's, it's bad timing and it's unfortunate. Um, but they still have great guys on this team and they're still going to be a, going to be able to be something right. Like they're not going it, to, it's tough because the bucks are bringing back pretty much everyone. So that division um, is really, it's just unfortunate because it doesn't really matter what they do this year. I don't think, I don't know that they're going to contend with the Buccaneers for the division or for the NFC. Um, but you know, I, I think Sean Payton is doing what he can. And I think that he, you're right. He is a guy that wants that culture to be good. There's a lot of people in this league, a lot of guys who want to go and play in new Orleans who have said they want to go and play in new Orleans. Mm-hmm. Now it's not, it's not overwhelming. It's not the same thing as the jets and Robert Saleh. 
where people are actively speaking out, but that's because Sean Payton has been a fixture in that organization. So I think you've seen people speak up and want to go play there. And I think there's a reason for that. So, I mean, I agree. And And I feel that way about what happened in Miami as well. You know, I think there was some tension when the switch finally did happen, but at the end of the day, like, I think they handled it in the best way possible. And I can imagine the saints doing somewhat of the same thing, but but gosh, I, I hope they go in to the season with an answer and they stick to it. I hope so it. too. I think that would be the best that because if, if they start week one unsure, they're going back and forth. And then it gets to the situation where if Jameis Winston is in, he's known for his interceptions. Yeah. If he throws a couple interceptions, then you get nervous and then you bench him and you throw. That's when crap can really hit the fan. And it's kind of yeah. like what we saw with the Eagles this season. We drafted Hertz in the second round and came out of left field. Nobody saw it coming. And then you're still saying Carson's our guy, but everyone was kind of, we saw Carson messing up and you kept Carson in for too long. And that's where all this drama ruined relationships and made an toxic, toxic environment. So as long as they can avoid that, it's mainly keeping the communication flowing. That's what they need to do. And they need to move quick and be honest. And I think even Hill and Winston have to be honest. Like they have to accept like, one is going to be better than the other. And whatever one they choose, you either have to be a great backup if you're Jameis Winston and you have to be there no matter what, or if you're Hill, you have to step up in whatever position they throw you in because you never know with him. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and Jameis Winston is a top-tier clipboard holder. So if he does end up the backup, (laughs) he's he's the perfect guy for the job. I think – you're right, though. You have to not panic. You have to not panic. And I grew up a Florida State fan. I watched him play. I watched him win a national championship, putting up an insane amount of interceptions. Like there, the amount of interceptions in that game alone was insane. But you have to take what you get with Jameis Winston, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going to get touchdowns. You're also going to get interceptions. So yeah, you but that's panic. what makes him talented. Like yes. he takes risks. Like he goes for it. So like you can say like, yeah, he throws all these in. Inter- you can make the 2020 vision jokes. Like. Yep. When he had 20 interceptions and 20 touchdowns in one season. But at the end of the day, he will get it done. And I don't think that takes away from him as a quarterback because, as you said, you saw it. He can throw a crap ton of interceptions and still win the game. So I don't think you can look at it like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I have a soft spot in my heart for Jameis Winston. So I do hope that he takes that team and runs with it. But Let's switch gears to the obvious winners of free agency so far. I I think we're going to talk our more specific winners of free agency, but this team is probably the unanimous vote for two days into free agency, three days into free agency. They have won won the week already. They've won free agency already, and it's not even close to over. So let's talk about the Patriots. Complete. It seems like this is a complete overhaul of their roster. They really got a taste of what it's like to be a normal team in the NFL and yes. to not really play that well. And um, they saw the Bucks, led by Tom Brady, going off, winning the Super Bowl. So I think they got a little salty, but they are just throwing bags of money at people. And yeah. it is, um, it's fun. It's fun yeah. to watch. Oh, it's super overwhelming. But honestly, I've never talked... So, like, I've never talked so highly about the Patriots in my entire yeah. life as I have in the last 
three days because every single thing that they're doing is right. This is exactly what they need to do. And it's so unlike them because think about it in the last from 2018 to 2020, I believe they only spent $53 million in guaranteed towards free agents. They yeah. have now more than doubled that in two yeah. days alone. Bill check. He's accepted his, I feel like this season he mourned his breakup with Brady. Yeah. He had to see him and Gronk win the Lombardi again together. So, so now he was like, all right, I had my time. We had our season. It is time to bounce back and play a little bit of a revenge game. Can you imagine, too, if it was a Patriots-Bucks Super Bowl? Oh. Like, I feel like that's what's like motivating him. He's like, you know what? He can get there. I can get there. Let's make this happen. Let's l- let the best man win. Let's settle the Bilicek-Brady debate once and for all. And he is doing everything he can to try and get them there. Now the thing is... We've never really seen a team go out on a complete spending hole like this and then go and have a Super Bowl run. It doesn't right. usually happen. And yeah. while I can sit here and say they're doing everything right, I don't see them as Super Bowl contenders this season. Like I can't I don't I see them in the conversation, but I think they are doing everything to get them there, which is all that matters. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask you that because it just seems like there's two too much to overcome, right? Next season, I think the Bills are making moves that are impressive and they were already an impressive team. They're fun to watch. They're they're right on the brink of being great and being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. They just needed a few more pieces and they're getting those pieces. So it's a lot of fun to watch them in free agency. It's a lot of fun to watch, um, you know, what they're doing there, their culture. I, I The Chiefs obviously are building back up their offensive line. They're making moves. Um, And, you know, you lose Joe Tooney to the Chiefs, right? So that's the only guy they've lost this entire offseason. And you lost him to the AFC champions. And that's a little tough. That's a little scary. It's not the most ideal position to put yourself in. Because when you think about the Chiefs, that Super Bowl, it's it's easy to look back and say they got crushed in the Super Bowl. That's not the Chiefs, right? Like, that's that's not the Chiefs team. It never was. It was on that one day because you think about all of the context around it all of the personal issues going on their offensive line I mean nobody who won the Super Bowl on that offensive line was back last year playing in that Super Bowl so you look about the turnover in that position the personal context outside of the game all the things that went wrong you know if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have time to do anything and it wasn't even on Patrick Mahomes it was just on the overall offensive plan with that makeshift offensive line that's about what you can expect, but that's not the Chiefs. So handing a really good player (laughs) over to the AFC champions makes your job a little bit harder. Getting to the AFC championship, winning, getting back to the Super Bowl, the Bills are going to be probably equally as hard to overcome this season. So harder, even harder, probably. Um, Spending money doesn't make you win games. Spending money is great. And and we can dive into the, to who they picked up and why that probably puts them in a better position to win games, but it doesn't guarantee that you're going to win. So this is really fun. And it's fun to say like Bill Belichick is rolling up his sleeves. I mean, not sleeves because he doesn't have any, but he's <laughs> he like, <has> off. <laughs> right. But he's, he's, you know, throwing, throwing the bag everywhere. He's, he's doing it and it's fun to watch, but I'm not sure that it's going to make all that difference this year. But what was your, What's your favorite move that the Patriots have made? Oh, 100% getting Smith and Henry to have a double tight end. Wild. This is, yes. 
This is Belichick's specialty. This is what he literally calls it. He refers to it as the Detroit because when he was an assistant early on in his career as the Lions, they had the two tight end offensive attack that worked brilliantly. And now he is bringing that back. And that is terrifying, yeah. especially because they haven't had that. And they like no. they, they had Edelman and that was really their offensive weapon. Like that was what they had. And now now they're bringing, they also got the double receivers. Like they're just doing like brilliant, brilliant things to give Cam the best chance that he had. Because you saw all my posts when I woke up that morning and saw yeah. they re-signed Cam, which now feels like it was two months ago. <laughs> I was lying there. I woke up, opened my phone. I was like, am I still asleep? I was like, did they really just do that? Because yeah. that was the last thing that I was expecting. Yeah. And then I literally, I was texting my friends. I was like, listen, I was like, maybe they'll pick up some weapons. And I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the weapons that they were literally planning. Like they knew I, they, he had yeah. a plan and he executed brilliantly. So getting both of the top available tight ends in free agency right now under your belt, under Bill, Bill Chick's belt, it's absolutely incredible. Undisputed genius move by them. Yes. I... Because you think about Gronk leaving, and I think they were always trying to fill, fill that spot. And Hunter Henry is that guy, right? Yes. If not better at this point he in his is career. a beast. A beast. A beast. And then you think about where, right after they signed Johnny Smith, right? I think most of the NFL, most fans, most anyone, analysts, kind of thought Hunter Henry was now out of the question, so to pick him up right on the back of Johnny Smith, like you said, they love a 12 personnel. Like some of their best years were in 12 personnel. So being able to bring these two guys in and run them both in 12 is going to be huge for them. And it's exciting. And we should be excited. And I think Cam Newton, you think about 2020, it's easy to make fun of him. It's easy to kind of throw shade at what he did yeah. and what the Patriots did. But at the same time, who did he have? I mean, he exactly. didn't have a lot of offensive weapons. He didn't have anyone to take the pressure off. He was running around a lot. Yeah. He really just had no passing tight end. Now, now you've got guys, right? Like that you took this talentless roster and you signed two tight ends, two of the the two top tight ends yes. in this league that are free agents. You signed. You got two wide receivers, you got a linebacker, you got some defensive talent, you got a safety. You got all of these pieces that fill holes and they're big contracts. They're big contracts, but they're big contracts that where they matter. And in other places, they're budget contracts, right? So I think they're playing this perfectly now. I, again, doesn't change my mind. I don't think they're getting past the bills. I don't and the think Chiefs, so either. But, but it, they'll be fun to watch. Yes. At least. And like we saw, they are now for everything that they just did out of all of NFL free agency history ever, they're second for spending behind the Dolphins last season. And we saw the Dolphins, they were a joke this yeah. season before. And towards the end, they beat my Eagles, they beat the Cow like, and they had like this little winning streak towards the very end of their season. And I was like, hmm, like, where did this come from? They had the spending sp spending spree, still missed the playoffs, but now we can see that they are a legit team. They are moving yeah. in the right direction. They are doing all of the right things. So I think that is the exact tread that the Patriots are going to follow on. They are going to be a step above what they – and they were 6-10 and 10 with no team. So they – yeah, let's not even – they okay they were six and ten but let's also talk about just, yeah just deep breath it i'm tired of the cam hate and i get it i am too easy to, am too. easy guy to like not really like but if you if you really just look at what he was dealt 
and what they were able to accomplish. Like the games they did win, like he had bright moments, right? Yes. Some teams don't get that in performances like that with records like that. So I, they're they're going in the right direction. And I yes. think it's tough. It is tough because I, I also think that of the Dolphins. I also think that of the Jets. I also think that of a, a lot of AFC teams, right? Like the AFC dominated last year, which is something we're not used to seeing. Like we're used mm -hmm. to seeing the Patriots on top and then everyone else a few tiers below. And then it's really like battling it out on the NFC side. And then whoever wins that side is going to play the Patriots. Like that's, yeah. that's been our life and our reality for a long time. The last like decade. For the last decade. <laughs> and we're, we're tired of it. So it, it seems weird to like root for them to do stuff, but they're going to have a tough time. And I think that their come up is going to align with a lot of other teams in the AFC. And it's just, are these the right moves to be made? And, they sound really good on paper. They look really good on paper, but we also know that sometimes big deals that look good on paper don't translate to the yeah. field, don't translate to your scheme. But again, like they're setting up to run 12, which is what they did for so long when they were winning so many games. So I'm excited for them to get back into that scheme, get back into something that's more the Patriot way, but also have little, you know, spurts of Cam Newton running for a touchdown and, and getting shifty you know, out of the backfield. So that's, that's fun too. Yes. You know, I think, cause the main thing I see, especially all over Twitter is, well, Cam had more interceptions that he had, than he had touchdowns. And I'm like, okay, who, where did you want him to get the ball to? Who, yeah. who, who was out there for him? It, he was yeah. like, there wasn't options. And I honestly, did, did he do the best that he could? He made mistakes on his own. We can't deny that, but he, like Bill, Bill Jack Lewis came out and defended him. He was like, he is the first one in and the last one out. Like he wants to play. He wants to be good. So I think now seeing everything that the Patriots are doing, seeing every hearing Bill Jack, they have the cutest little relationship. I know. Which is something I never, they seem polar opposite. Like Cam is so Cam and he is in his own world and he does his own thing. And Belichick is so like straight edge, but for some reason they work together. And I just think that they are, I think it, they're going to be cool. I think they are going to be able to utilize all the weapons that they got. And they got Matt Judon from yeah, the oh Ravens. Oh my gosh. I literally saw that and I was like, no, no. Like that everything they got. They've created an entire roster from offense to defense of great guys that make sense. They got Aguilar and Bourne for receivers. Both, they're not great receivers, but they're good receivers. Yes. And yes. I think, like, it's, per I think it's perfect. And I think they're going to be good soon. I don't know if yes. this season we're going to see anything remarkable, but I think they're going to be good soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I, yeah. I hate to say that. I know. Like, it feels, I'm like, oh my God, the Patriots. And I'm like, when have I ever talked like this about them ever in my entire life? <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy because I feel like, I don't know if you experience this, but as I get older and as I start doing more things like this podcast and just talking about the NFL, I have, I'm still a Jaguars fan and I'm still going to have that bias, but I, I do talk very highly of team. Like I respect yes the the moves I respect the game I respect the league I respect all of the teams and what they do and so the older I get and the more I dive into this stuff the more I'm like I'm just rooting for a lot of different teams just yes. I, for no reason I don't know no, I have fun. like last year I was like a Dolphins fan a Steelers fan a Bills fan a Packers fan and my mom's like you're an Eagles fan because she's like intense like <laughs> yeah. and you know Philly like Philly Eagles scary. fans yeah she's like, you are an Eagles fan. and I was like mom I will always be an Eagles fan but when this is your whole life and all day every day I am 
reading news and keeping up with like you just fall in love with like certain aspects of certain teams and it's easy to get caught up in it and I've hated the Patriots for so long not hated I shouldn't say hates a very strong word it was just tough because you just knew they were going to come out and they were going to win yeah and that it gets old especially when you're not a Patriots fan yeah so you just got but I feel like when teams get so good and everybody hates you that's when you know you've made it yeah, because they're tired of you, right? Yes. And, and I think it's interesting because I, I feel that way about the Buccaneers, but I'm also living in Tampa as a non-Buccaneers fan. Okay, so yeah. It's easy to get tired of it. And like that's a team where I'm just kind of like, I, I don't I don't care that you're like I do because it's interesting. It's really impressive. Like it's fun to see Bruce Arians on a boat drunkenly yelling, like, you're all gonna come back next year, and then making it happen is very impressive. It's yeah. fun. It's so fun. But at the end of the day, as just a fan, like a fan of the Jaguars, a fan of the game itself, it's just I'm not I'm not that interested in a team just running it back with the same people doing the same thing for a second year especially when Tom Brady's leading that team I just don't care I don't care like it's not a compelling storyline like they're a team that you should have won the Super Bowl you signed all these people you brought in Tom Brady you if you didn't win the Super Bowl that would be a conversation if you don't win the Super Bowl this year that's a conversation because you should you got all these people same exact team yeah you gave up everything you had to get these people. So like you you should win the Super Bowl. So I'm not as interested in those stories, but what I do love is I just love stories like the Bills, like the Dolphins, yes. like the Patriots now. It's just fun to see these teams kind of rebuild and I think I think we're seeing that a lot this year because some teams are handling uh salary cap reduction better than others. And so there's a lot of teams that are they weren't great, they haven't been great, but they're really signing guys as solutions right they're not big names they're not just paying guys whatever they're really thinking about how to spend their money and signing Mm -hmm. guys that are going to be solutions to their problems efficiently effectively and consistently and I think that's what's really fun about this free agency is not only are there big names moving but teams are having to get really creative and really smart and we're seeing that happen and the Patriots are just they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch in free agency for the first time in the franchise's entire existence. I think that's what's making this so exciting because this is not, we're not used to seeing the Patriots throw around money like this. And also seeing them, they had this off year. I honestly felt kind of bad for Belichick and I felt bad for Cam. So I think I had this off period. I got the whole season where I could be like, all right, finally, Patriots aren't great, but now them having all this fun, it's a different side of them, which makes yeah. it more enticing. Yeah. So that I think is what's drawing me into them. A yeah. Bit. And they're fun people. Like I like, I like, I like everything they're doing. I love rooting for Hunter Henry. I was, yes. Chargers were another one of my teams last season. I thought they were so cool. So to see, like, I just think it's a great vibe. They're creating a cool energy, which is awesome. Very vibey, but yes. let's, let's talk about, we both picked one other team each that won free agency since it's St. Patrick's Day. We're going to call this segment Luck of the Irish, winners of free agency. So give me your one team that has won free agency so far and why. 
So the team that I picked, it's not uh, up until literally 20 minutes before this podcast. It wasn't <laughs> one that was like totally in all of the headlines, but from everything they were doing, I thought they were handling everything beautifully. And that's the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. They obviously had the huge signing with JJ Watt that came out of nowhere, shocked everybody. Earlier today, they got AJ Green, which I think is fantastic because can you imagine if Larry Fitzgerald doesn't re retire this season yeah. and now you have AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald out there right. and Kirk too like everything about it the way that they're handling getting these pieces getting superstars um for Kyler Murray to kind of grow around him and honestly they're getting like these are older guys so I think it's smart to have them around him now while he's young help him like kind of guide him a little bit. Like here, we can yeah. all show you, we can all give you our own bits and pieces of advice to help grow you as a player. Cause unless something happens with who knows with the way the league is moving right now, but he is their guy long-term. So yeah. I think that's brilliant. And they're also re-signing. Most of their moves have been re-signing the guys that benefited them the most. So I think everything they're doing is great. And they went from a team when JJ Watt first signed with them. I was like, he wanted a contender. I don't <laughs> see them as contenders. Like I was yeah. so confused, but like right before this, literally I was literally at dinner getting ready for the podcast. And I see they sign Matt Prater, the former, former Lions kicker. They signed Rodney or they trade traded with the Raiders for Rodney Hudson. So they only gave up a third and they got a seventh and him, which is, I just think every move that they're doing is very, very smart. And I think they're slowly but surely moving themselves into the conversation that four weeks ago, I couldn't understand. And already I am seeing it happen. So it's, they're exciting to watch. I love them. Kyler Murray was someone I wasn't sold on to begin with. And more and more, I'm getting excited about him. Yeah. So I'm just excited to see where they go. And I think they're handling this free agency beautifully. So to me, they have the luck of the Irish. I agree. I What I love about them is not only are they making smart moves, they're making long-term investments on their yeah. team. And that's really important. And, and it's fun to watch these like cross-generational players come together on one team because it is pretty rare that you, like most teams either skew young or skew older mm -hmm. veteran guys. And I think it's fun to watch these guys interact and play together because it is going to be like, when you think back to Drew Brees, it is going to be the last few years with some of these guys that we grew up watching. So it's yeah. going to be fun to see them on a team like this. But what I love is a lot of teams are so impatient with their quarterbacks. They're just very impatient. They're ready to move on. They don't give the development that these quarterbacks need. When you think back to like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like all these really great guys that are now the goats of the NFL. Even Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Even Patrick Mahomes. Sat. So you're all of these guys need development. All yeah. of these guys have had down years, bad times, whatever, that doesn't mean that they're not good quarterbacks. And I think teams have become very, very impatient. You look at Ryan Tannehill, you look at all these guys who've just, they just need the right place, the right scheme, the right development, the right coaches. And I'm a little sad to see teams like the Dolphins trying to move on from Tua so fast and other teams like Sam Darnold. We don't even know what he's capable of because he's never been in a competent system. No. So it's just... I like that they've said, like, Kyler Murray is our guy. Here's what we're doing to help him. Here's long-term planning for our yeah. franchise. And I think this is one of the teams that maybe they don't come out and shock the world in 2021. But I think they're setting themselves up over the next five years to really be a contender and really get there and building it the right way. 
And I'm pretty impressed by that because there's yeah. not a lot of teams doing that. Yeah, no, I love I love the entire culture that they are creating. I just think it's going to be really exciting to watch this whole season. And I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping they can make more of a move than I was expecting them to. They were so close this season. Yeah. So I'm hoping next year they can at least break into the playoffs and we'll see what can happen from there. But what team did you have as Ooh. your luck of the Irish? I like how when I told you this pre-show, you were like, I already knew you were going to pick that. I literally knew. Um, <laughs> I texted her to like make sure we didn't have the same team. And I knew, I was like, I don't even have to do this, but I'm going to anyway, just to make sure. But now have your time. I know you're yeah. enjoying this. <laughs> I am. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I was not hype on the coaching hires. I was not really hype about anything until day two of free agency. So we're here. We've made it. We have made some really impressive, low-risk, high-reward moves. Really guys that are going to be immediately impactful on this roster, which is, I think, very important for us. And like I said, they're a team that are, right now they're doing things to fill the holes, which they have many of, but they also had a ton of cap space to work with, right? $75 million but the most holes of any team probably besides the Jets maybe to fill. And I think the moves they've made are really not the flashiest names. They're not the biggest playmakers, but they're guys who are going to come in, do their job, do it efficiently and give us a fighting chance of being a long-term sustainable offense and defense for that matter in the next two, three, five years. So obviously Shaquille Griffin, very close to my heart. I'm a UCF alumni. Obviously, love this move. It would have the only thing that would make it better is if we had both twins playing in Jacksonville. Um, but unfortunately, we're we just got one. I'm not mad about it. Three years, forty million dollars. I just think when you look at our secondary, having Griffin and then having CJ Henderson, who is obviously going to do big things in this league, it's a major, major step in reforming and returning to what our secondary was back in 2017. And I just think when you think about culture building, I was a little worried because um, I don't know about you, but I don't I don't think of great culture <laughs> when when I think of Urban Meyer. No offense, um, it's just not it's not what I think his forte is. So I think getting guys like Shaquille Griffin is very important. Mm -hmm. You've got Marvin Jones, um, huge wide receiver signing. I think he's a guy that. It's, a, it's concerning because he's 31 years old, but at the same time, it's just a two-year deal. He's a guy yeah. that we've seen flashes of greatness. Another guy who had a huge year in 2017. I just think that, you know, we could have gone younger. We could have gone a juju route or another guy who's maybe in his mid to early 20s. But I think for the value, for what they're looking for, huge, right? Because you have DJ yeah. Chark, you have young guys on your offense. I don't think you need that. I think you need a more veteran guy who can just run the simple routes and move the ball and extend drives. I'm tired. I don't want to make, I don't want to get to third down and then make a big play down the sideline. I, I'm tired of that. I want to move the ball efficiently yeah. for the first time in franchise history. So <laughs> I just, that's what I want. And I think that's kind of where we're trending. And then we got Malcolm Brown, in a trade with New Orleans, the one benefit of this is that we're not overspending for this guy. Like he's yeah. going to be an immediate solution to our run defense, but we're not overspending because New Orleans couldn't afford to keep him. It's not that they didn't like him. It's not that he's not a great player. It's that he was going to be a cap casualty in New Orleans, just uh, like most of their roster at yeah. this point. Um, but all of these guys are just high risk or low risk, high reward. If they pay off, they pay off. And if they don't like we didn't really spend that much to get them and we don't have them for that long. So it's not a big deal, but you just, I, I love it, right? You're re-signing the right guys. You're bringing in the right guys. You re-signed James O'Shaughnessy. You got safety Rayshon Jen Jenkins. So that's 
another really great value. Like when you look at other players of that position, you're going to overpay. And then re-signing Trey Herndon, um, mixed feelings, I think, in Jacksonville about Trey Herndon, but I'm a big fan just because he plays hard, right? Like having guys in your secondary that play hard remind me of like having Jalen Ramsey, having AJ Boye, having guys back there who are just excited to get the ball and get their hands on it. And we saw him do it. We also saw him screw up massively multiple times, but he's young. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I I think we're going to have the perfect mix of veterans who can efficiently do their job and young guys who are just ready to win. And I think if the culture can get to where it needs to be, then this team is going to be really fun to watch. Another one where I don't think we're going to come in in 2021 and blow anyone's minds, but I can see six, seven wins, and that's an improvement. Yeah, major improvement. And you were talking about kind of getting older guys instead of going for like the 22, 23 year old young targets. Honestly, though, I think this is a move for you just because as long as they don't surprise anyone in the draft, they can't mess this up. You go and you get Trevor Lawrence. I think it is smarter to have these older guys because you let him come in and play. You see how he actually develops in his first season because. It's always a transition from college yeah, always. to professional. Yeah. There's always adjustments that have to be made. So I honestly think it's really smart to come in and see how he actually adjusts the way he plays before you go out and pay for studs. Because I think if you're going to do that, you want to get someone that's guaranteed going to mesh well with him. Yeah. So I think having him come in, like you said, have guys that are going to go out and do their job. I think it's safe and I think it's smart. And then once you see kind of who Trevor Lawrence, exactly who he's going to be, then you can start making those bigger moves. So I think you guys, you definitely did great. You're definitely moving in the right direction. If the Eagles can get six or seven wins, I would be so happy it's, about that too. So, <laughs> there's a lot of teams. We're not that would be happy. For that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in the same boat. I, we'll see what happens like I said this is like the first day that I felt good about it and I felt like we're doing something um in in the right way I guess you are definitely making positive moves at last season when watching the Jaguars going into the last season I literally was like do they have a plan and they were just like literally like blowing themselves up which I guess they had to do to start moving in the right direction but I was like are they doing this on purpose like do they have a plan and this season they really didn't they were kind of like let's just let everyone go and just see what happens yeah but now you can start doing all of the little things to build up and create that culture and start moving in the right direction yeah you didn't just have to blow up your roster either and this is kind of what I mean with some of these teams that are just like the Saints the Lions, the Ra- like they're just not willing to tear it all down, yeah. right? Like the Jaguars were willing to tear it all down. And I think it's it can pay off in certain situations and it can hurt in certain situations. But we had such bad culture when Tom Coughlin came back following like 2017. I mean, culture was at an all-time high in 2017 and then quickly 2018, 19, it just got really, really bad really yeah. quickly. And I think you still had kind of like that bad taste in some players' mouths. So I think letting them go, letting them find a better scheme, better system for them, better team, city, um, was really the right move because I think at that point, you just had to start fresh, not only with your roster, not only with your plan, your coaching staff, your GM, but also just the culture. Like how, what is the feeling when you walk inside the building? Because I don't think it was that great and I don't think it was going to be great until they kind of sweeped everything out and 
brought in an entirely new set of coaches and administrators and front office staff and everything like that. So I think we're moving in the right direction. I'm Mm -hmm. excited to see what happens again. My hopes are not that high um, just because (laughs) I don't, I don't love urban Meyer. Like I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I just don't. So like, we'll see. Um, It's a learning process. The the one thing that I feel like the Jaguars are, because we've seen them do it. If he doesn't work, I don't think they're going to hold on to him and force it. No. Which is a bright, especially when you have Trevor Lawrence. Like they're going to want to do, they're going to want to utilize him. So I think that's one thing that we can hold on to and look at the bright side. If it doesn't work, they will find someone that does work. Yeah. That's that's a mindset that they've created over the past couple of years um, is really switching. Like the amount of time we held on to Blake Bortles and Gus Bradley was unfortunate. So yeah. seeing how that turned out, I think the the mindset has switched. And I think we're in that state of like just understanding what's not for us. Right. Not even saying anything negative about anyone who's come and gone from Jacksonville, but just saying knowing what players and coaches aren't for us and being able to move on from it. So we're we're getting there. but. A guy, we'll transition this into our next segment because yeah. a guy, speaking of 2017 and the what could have been, Yannick Ngongwe, we're going to talk position breakdowns for edge rushers today. Um, yeah. Big signings, big moves. Yannick Ngongwe was with the Jaguars. Now he's going to be playing for his fourth team in three years uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. So right off the jump, I guess, what are your feelings about this? So I knew the Raiders needed help on defense. This was definitely something that they had to focus on going into this upcoming season. Um, It seems like a good fit. The only thing that makes me very nervous is they need help on defense. And when we saw him on the Vikings, relatively silent. Like, I almost forgot he was on the team. Like, I forgot he even went there because he really wasn't doing anything. So I am... A little nervous if this is actually the guy that can make the moves and be the kind of shift that they need because their defense has been one of their biggest problems. So I don't know how to feel about it yet. I feel like I am going to need the first, we'll see if we have a preseason. I just want to see kind of where they're going, how they're going to utilize it because I don't really know how to feel about this one. Yeah. I, love him to death. <laughs> so yeah, I, I want him. Great. I wanted yeah. to see him more on like a team that already had a complete defense. Yes. I think, and I think that's the thing is we, I also want to see, I think he just needs a culture fit and I'll yeah. say that. And I think the Ravens were interesting for him too, because I felt like that might've been the culture fit, but it just turned out kind of where their trajectory was going as far as performance and culture and all of that. It just wasn't quite the right fit, but I think they had a weird year. Weird. Weird. It uh, wasn't the best time for them. Yeah, it was. I feel like if he came in the year prior, yeah, oh yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. so yeah. different because their everything was high. Like they were on a literal high, and then this year, it wasn't what anybody really expected. So they had COVID issues. There was just like a lot that affected. There's a lot them. going so, on. Yeah, like yeah. outside of the game itself, injuries, just like weird things. Like yeah. when Lamar was stuck in the bathroom for however long, like just like such yeah. random, terrible things happened to them. So I just think they had a rough season and that definitely played out with why maybe it didn't work. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think he's going to – Do you th- I don't know if the Raiders have the culture that 
he needs. I feel like the Oakland Raiders have the yes. culture oh, for him. Um, but I don't know that the Las Vegas Raiders have the culture <laughs> yeah. for him. Um, but I hope they do, right? And I yeah. think I think there's a lot of teams. So he was signed two years, $26 million. I think there's a lot of teams out there who might not have been willing to pay him that. But I do think he's worth it. I think yes. when you get the best out of him, he's worth more than that. Um, so maybe maybe there is some restructuring to be had down the line should they decide to stick with him, should he stay in Las Vegas. But I, I do think that if they are half of the team culture-wise that they were in Oakland, um, that this will be a good fit. But that's more me just, just hoping. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I don't know. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, we'll see. But I, I think the biggest name as far as edge rushers that came out of the week was Shaq Barrett. Yes. Obviously, the number one prospect in free agency at this position. Um, interesting because I don't think he really had a chance to explore other teams before the Buccaneers re-signed him. But Resigned for four years, $72 million. Obviously a huge deal because not a lot of people expected this deal to get done. And I'm not really sure that the cap exists for the Buccaneers. I'm not sure what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know where this money is coming pulling this off. They're like, no. oh, literally, like we talked about, Bruce was like, yeah, no, you're staying. He was like, Mike is staying. You're staying to Chris Godwin. And now they just signed Shaq for seventy up to $72 million. Four yeah. years. It was big money. Brian, back three years, twelve months. Yeah, like. So, where are they finding this money? I don't know. <laughs> like, like, it literally. It, and like, I know guys are taking hits. Like Chris Godwin probably didn't want to be franchise tagged. Like, let's probably. be real, he probably yeah. wanted to get paid. But they are all. This is the perfect example of good culture right now because they are all just so in love with this team. Like yeah. everyone just wants to be there, and I think they know that. I think they're all convinced if they keep the band together, they're going right back to the Super Bowl. No questions asked. Like this is, yeah. this is what they're meant to do. And at this point, they have to. They have to fulfill that because they're blowing all this money on a team that worked last season. And they it did. It worked beautifully. But is this long term? Brady isn't playing for another. No. I don't think Brady's going to play for another five years. He. No. Got restructured. He's definitely playing through 2022. But I think after that is when we are going to see the end of Brady. And then it gets to the point for the box. You signed all these people. Now you're stuck and Brady isn't going to be there. So what is going to happen? Yeah, it is. Um, They're setting themselves. They don't care, right? They yeah. don't care past 2021. It's kind of like how they just didn't really care past 2020. But I also think their plan in 2020 was to bring Tom Brady on to a two-year contract. I don't think they plan to go and win the Super Bowl in the first year. I really do think that they were planning yeah, to. Were, um, oh, my God. They gave all these incentives. If we yeah. win the Super Bowl, if we win the Super now Bowl. Now they have to pay them all. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think they actually expected it to go down. And then they yeah. got there and they're sitting there like, oh, my God, we owe so many people so much money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's it's wild. And I just don't think that that was their plan at all. Um, But it's interesting because – Again, I just I I don't see Tom Brady. I honestly think if they go back and win another Super Bowl, I could see him retiring just because yeah. I think the chances, knowing where all these contracts are going in 2022, the chances of them being able to retain any of these players and or I how often do teams run it back with the same exact I mean it's just not very often no and like we saw the Chiefs like they and they didn't even have the same team but they had a lot of the same like 
weapons. Yeah. They didn't have the same overall team and they got there, but then yeah. when they got there, they crumbled. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is I'm not, I don't know how well the like copy and paste formula for them is going to work as far as getting another Super Bowl. But I mean, it's hard to imagine anyone beating them just because it, it, the beginning of their season last year, they didn't really click, especially on defense, right? Especially in the secondary, they weren't getting there. Their run defense and Shaq Barrett specifically had always been top tier getting to the quarterback. But I think when you look in their secondary, it just wasn't clicking. So at the beginning of the season, this team really looked like kind of a bust, not a bust compared to Terrible no, my, teams. My, literally the first like four weeks of the season, I talked and I was like, the Bucks are scary. Like they're intense. Like, and then they came out and I was like, what the frick? Like, yeah, what's happening? Superstars, you have Tom Brady. And I was like, what? Mike, uh, Mike Evans and Tom Brady couldn't connect at all. I was no. like, what is going on? But yeah. Gronk was doing nothing. Like Gronk wasn't oh. even there the first couple of weeks. <laughs> well, Tom Brady just decides when he scores, like in the Super yeah. Bowl. He's like, yeah, I want him to score in the Super Bowl. So, it, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm kind of I Shaq Barrett was a necessary signing. Like you had to get him back. Yes. I and think I, he was more important than signing all the was uh wide receivers and all your offensive guys. One hundred percent. Because your defense won you, your defense got you to the Super Bowl. Yes. If you did not have your defense, there's no chance you would have beaten the Packers. There's no chance you would have won that game against the Saints. You wouldn't have won against Washington. No, you <laughs> wouldn't have Tyler. He would have beaten you if it yes. wasn't for your defense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree. And I think this is a huge deal. Um, I just think, I do think if they run it back, they win a Super Bowl. I think Tom Brady retires. I think kind of those guys that are with him maybe leave. I think maybe Gronk does try to explore free agency. I know he was talking to the Bills briefly. Um, but I think it's funny because Shaq Barrett, you know, came in and was like, hey, where was he? What was he talking to me with the Dan Patrick show? And he was like, there was really just Tampa came in with the best offer. It was really just all Tampa at that point. And I'm like, you were on free agency for 0.10 seconds, right? Yeah. Like you were not on free agency. Like you yeah. basically, they presented him a deal before the legal tampering period started. They were like, here's what we're going to offer you. And you can either take it, but it has an expiration date. So if you don't take it, we're going to explore elsewhere because we don't have time to waste. We don't want to go back and forth for a week. So you either take it or you don't. So it's not like he was fielding offers, right? Like, it's not like he was yeah. coming with like solid. I'm just going to say like, he would have gotten significantly more had he gone out and really played free agency. Had he talked to more people, had he had more time, had he actually hit the market? I think he would have definitely gotten paid. I don't know how much more, but more. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the culture just makes them want to be there. I also think the idea that, he's on a time limit and on a deadline. And if he says no, like it could, it could just cost him and yeah. he could end up in a team that's just not, not even close to where they need to be to contend for the no, Super Bowl. Definitely were sneaky bastards. Oh yeah. 100%. Exactly what they were doing. They wanted to keep everybody together and they said, here, this is what we're giving you. If you don't take it, you won't be with us. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, who knows where you'll be? Like he has that doubt in the back of his mind. He's like, I'm just taking it. Yeah. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I mean, that makes sense. Um, it does. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So I'm not bad at it, but it's funny. I, they just re-signed their kicker, Ryan Suckup, for, you know, how, yep. what did it say? How many? Three years, $12 million. So probably not a huge cap hit this year. But again, I just don't know where they're finding money, but who knows? Um, but it just, I will like, I am interested to see how that plays out, honestly. Um, Me too. If they weird. can run it back, 
Tom Brady has to retire. Yeah. Because they're there. You, yeah. you like, have to that back to back Super Bowls. It'll be an even number. Number eight. Like, just yeah. go. You are yeah. done everything you've had to do. And like he said, like, I'm coming into Tampa and I'm winning a Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, haha, of course you are. And then he did. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, OK. Yeah. So if he can do it two years in a row, boom, in and out, done. That is legendary. Nobody else, I don't think, will ever be able to top that. You're on a team for your entire career. You leave towards the end when people think there are a lot of people who thought Brady should retire. They're like, he can't throw anymore. He's old. Brady will play until he's 48. I would pass away if I, <laughs> I would pass away. If he was playing football until he is almost 50, I like how? How? I I can't even play football now. I'm 23 years old. I'm too old. Yeah. It is uh it's fun. It's weird. Um, it's fun to watch. It's weird. But yeah, that that is uh that's a team that is going to either run it back and have no issues and it's not even going to be a discussion or it's going to fail miserably. And I don't know which way it's going to go, but I can't imagine it going right down the middle. Like I can't imagine it being like, Oh, they're good. They just, you know, barely missed the Super Bowl. I think it is either going to be like a win or bust. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think the NFC is just weird though. Cause yeah. there's, other, I can't really think unless the Packers come back out and they can, they're, if, Aaron Rodgers is on another revenge tour. That could be terrifying, but for some reason, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's going to really contend over there, yeah. to be honest with you, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a surprising team. Like, I, I have a I feeling it. that the NFC is going to be kind of full of surprises when it gets down Imagine to the wire. Imagine if the Cardinals actually run and just take the Super Bowl. I, I love that. No, I, I would too, and they're all, like, kind of certain. Not certain about it, but they all keep, like, throwing it out there, and J.J. Watt's like, no, I'm confident in this team. And I would trust well, yeah. J.J. Watt with my life, so. Yeah, and that's the thing is I think, you know, there's some teams that say that, and it just doesn't happen, but it, it just reminds me, like, not to just be a full homer, but it reminds me of the Jaguars where, like, you had Jalen Ramsey every week being like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to win the Super Bowl. And it's like, it didn't happen but it didn't happen because refs don't know how to ref and it was Tom Brady and the Patriots and the Tom Brady effect. So it like, but if, if all had went well, it's like we would have been in the Super Bowl, Right. Yeah. And it just takes that mentality to get you halfway there. Right. Yeah. Like the mentality takes you there. And that, that is something the bucks do have on their side is they have that mentality and they still have it. And I don't yeah. see that leaving between now and the start of the season, but you know, I don't know. Fun to watch. Fun to watch. But let's close it out with Bud Dupree. Um, probably the second biggest name, yeah. I would say, in this in this category. Titan. And yeah, I hate that for me. Um <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. But yeah, signed with the Titans. Five years. Yeah. Long time. Long time. Long time. Um, I think this is a good move for them. I like it. It's a lot of freaking money. What is it? It's 35 million guaranteed up to $8.25 million. Um, I think uh, I honestly, I'm a little nervous for the Titans. Yeah. I there's they're good. And they're one of those teams. They honestly remind me a lot of the Colts this season. They're one of those teams where they're good and they honestly are kind of great but like every game I saw them going into I was like they're gonna lose like and then they would win like unexpectedly so I I'm not a hundred percent sold on them Derek Henry obviously is the main part of that team Ryan Tannehill does great but overall I don't think they have like a complete 
team. I honestly don't know how they've been doing as well as they have been doing. It kind of shocks me like every time. So I'm hoping maybe this can be the season that Bud Dupree is a huge name. You can get yeah. someone like that. I think that just changes things. So maybe this will be the season where they come out and be 100% consistent. Maybe they'll have me 100% sold. But I just don't really know how to feel about them right now. They are. It's annoying that they're basically direct rivals of the Jaguars because they, they you're right. They are that team that on paper and even when you watch them play should not be in the playoffs. But they yes. consistently get there and you're just like, how? Now, they don't go far. Um, no. But I do think like this is this is a move that really shores up their bets to go further in the in the playoffs. Yeah. And for the AFC, when things are as tight as they are, I feel like yeah. the NFC, it's a, every, se- every season, it's a coin toss. You never yeah. know who's going to get there. Even like right up the week of playoffs, nothing. There are so many things that can shift. The AFC is completely different where it's kind of like from midway through the season, you know mainly who's going to be there and there's one or two teams that can sneak it in and so for the titans if they can keep securing this spot that makes things very difficult for the afc because it just takes away one of the very few chances you have of getting there yeah i yeah and this is a guy like they had such a hard time defending the run last season they they've had that issue um their defense is not spectacular under Vrabel. it it just really hasn't been it's been kind of mediocre and so this is a big name. And for them, this really shores up their run defense. It really it really allows them to kind of breathe when their offense comes off the field or goes onto the field because yeah. I just think that they're it's going to get them off of the field for longer. I think they're going to be able to extend drives on defense. They're going to make they're going to make teams really have to work for yards, right? Like Bud Dupree is just a guy that he's going to make you work for every yard. He's going to cause disruption. He's going to make plays. He's he's a playmaker. He's a game changer. Now, I think you could have gone cheaper for yeah. a guy that has a less impressive name. I think I think you could have shored up multiple areas of your defense without signing this huge name um, for less money or the same amount of money. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They like big guys. They like physical guys. They like just all-around athletes, obviously. Um, and I'm tired of them, but this will this will be interesting. I don't know. Like, I thought when they beat the Ravens in the playoffs and the Ravens were, like, set to go, they were favorites. Like, that was, like, their season. Um, when they beat the Ravens, I thought it was just, like, a fluky thing. I was like, all right, like, congrats to the Titans. Like, you did it. And then this yep. season when they came out and they were still, like, good. I was like, what is going on? Because I kept Over expecting it. them to like crumble. And it's like, it's not like they're spectacular, but they don't crumble. Like they just don't make sense to me. And kind of like you said, I think they honestly probably should have. I don't want to say should have, but they probably should have went and gotten more pieces for the money. But yeah. maybe this is one of those things where they needed a big name to kind of come in and excite things a little bit, make make it feel more stable, even if it isn't actually stable. Yeah. So we'll just see what happens with them. I have at no least idea. they're at least they're investing in their defense. They picked up yeah. George Jenkins today, so that's good. I they're they're getting there. They know where their holes are and they're they're trying to fix them. But but yeah, I don't know. I just I still don't they need to make a few more moves before I look at them as serious Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Like they'll always get right on the brink of the playoffs or right in that first round of the playoffs. But I have no confidence in them past that. No, either. <laughs> but I'm not mad about it. No. I mean, I'm no, here you're, for it. You're so. probably like, don't even make the playoffs. It's fine. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Don't don't get there ever. I don't mind. 
Any, uh, any, Cowboys. yeah, no. Any final thoughts before we, uh, head out on? Oh, I just Patty's can't day? believe that this is just the beginning. All of this yes. has happened and we are in for still a very long off season. There is still a lot of uncertainties. So make sure to follow us everywhere. Yes. So we, we uh, keep up with everything. Yeah. We started making TikToks. So yes, find us on TikTok. TikTok up. Yeah, we're doing things. So yeah, follow us on Twitter at Onside Chicks Pod, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Onside Chicks. And we'll be back. We'll be back. I can't imagine what's going to happen. I know. Between. I know. I was not <laughs> expecting all of this in one week. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen between now and next week, but stay tuned. Follow us everywhere. Mm-hmm. We'll be posting updates and we'll catch you guys next Wednesday. Have a lovely St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.